Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So I am joining Karen Burns, who's in a tiara from Blue Sleeves, in her office with a picture of Blue Sleeves from the MGM on, on a poster, surrounded by beautiful MGM things. And I just saw you four days ago in Reno. I went down. <laughs> Mainly, I wanted to see Sharn, who I had interviewed her, who was in, at the Lido in Paris. Then she went to the show in Vegas, which closed. And then she was at El Dorado. I'm like, I want to go down. <laughs> and she's perfection. And I wanted to see like what shows are out there, because we know they can't just go do another Bluebell show. And I reached out to you and Elizabeth Thompson, and we all went and saw the show together. And it was so much fun to actually, I saw you on the road trip, which I'll get that a little bit, but it was just fun to go see a show together in Reno yeah. back where all of our, you know, for so many of us where a lot of our careers started. No, you, you're pre MGM. You already did something. So first <laughs> thanks for hanging out. And also you wouldn't let me walk home in Reno at night. And so thank you for looking out for me. I would have walked home, like get in the car. Get your ass in the car. I'm driving you. Yeah, that's right. I'm <laughs> driving you. <laughs> so, no, no, my dog's going to bark at the cats. So it's going to get, this is, this is what a recording is. The cat does something. The dog freaks out. Of course. It's so I want it. Like, I got to get on this. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He's got to make some noise. So I, I wanted, you show me the Stardust book, which now I realize I have to buy one more book out of my big giant stack. That's growing. Tell, can you tell the name of it? So if people don't have it. Well, again, I have a library because. I started out as an English teacher and, you know, reading books. So I have, you know, massive library of books. But this one, because we were talking about costumes being burnt and not saved because you didn't want to pay, you know, the taxes and all that, the ones that were imported. And this was actually written in this book, you know, to verify. And so the book is called The Stardust of Yesterday. And I love this title below, Reflections on a Las Vegas Legend, because that's what we're talking about with all the bluebells and, you know, all the shows and stuff. It's legendary history. Yeah. So there it is. And it's so important to preserve it. Can you read what Luann wrote to you too? Because I like that because I think oh, it's a great lead in because she's also preserving the history in, in a way she's found to do it. I know Luann, you know, just one of my and of course, now it's like, okay, find it here. Here we go. Because we've done numerous projects together because she's doing the Showgirl Legacy in Las Vegas. We've done a couple of pop-up exhibits at the uh, Historical Society combining the art from the Showgirl Legacy students that she's working with and the MGM Hello Hollywood Low Costumes. And actually, Luann's the one that got me the interview in the New York Times. Uh -huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it says, Karen, to my dear friend, let's create some yesterdays with our projects. Luann. Yeah. I love that. And I just said, I knew any, I don't think I knew where the costumes were. I kind of left this part of my life. And then when I went to the reunion, the last one we had, and we had that presentation at uh, Michael Erdley's recording studio and Pete Menefee spoke and we got to see the costumes. I was so emotional because I just thought they were all gone. I don't, I don't know. I think we know more now because we're seeing more on social media, but I don't know how many of us knew that they were still around. Like maybe they were burned in the desert. That was a new fact to me too. Yeah. I just didn't know where they were. So it made me, I want to say happy, joyous to know that they were still alive. And also they were being taken care of by someone who cared about them instead of in a closet or like 
in a warehouse, which some of the Lido things are just like, and the Jubilee, they're just in the basement, that yours are actually being seen. So I want to get back to this part of why this is so special. I did the Showgirl road trip two summers ago with Athena. We both have podcasts. And my first stop was Reno and just being back there after so long. And I reached out to you and I come to your house thinking, I don't know what I thought I was going to see. You would take, you said, which costumes had you worn? You had a rack with costumes that I wore, the hats. Uh Oh my God. It was the most. You actually wore. It was amazing, Karen. It was so personal. And then you said, go ahead, take the fans out. So I have a video of me like with night and day fans going, oh my gosh. (laughs) And it's like, they're the same things and they still look good. Like they've been preserved. They've been. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the 45th anniversary of Hello Hollywood Alone this year. And I'm doing a, uh, working on a, uh, another pop-up involved exhibit at the um, Historical Society, which I did over a decade ago. And so it's major, major, major project. And just throwing in, you know, it's always donation freebie and all that to keep museum doors open. But that's what I'm currently working on. But again, costumes and clothes tell history. You know, I lecture and teach on it and all that. And people say, oh, you're so lucky to have a passion. Well, it's pretty much an obsession because I've owned the costumes for 29 years. And as I tell people, I did not make and design one of these, you know, Bill Campbell and, you know, three-time Emmy Award, Pete Menefee, I mean, brilliant, 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 brilliant. And Pete Menefee, even when you've interviewed him, when you asked the question, do you think these shows will ever come back? And first thing he pretty much says is no one could ever afford to build these kind of shows again. Yeah. Right. I'm throwing my hands in the air. And then the other thing, what I say about the costumes, they were all original Swarovski rhinestone crystals. They don't even exist anymore and you can't even get them. And people don't know how to make this stuff. You know, it's couture costuming that to have the knowledge to make these. So I always like to put that out to people is like, no, I'm just the the curator trying to preserve them. I did not make and design these. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. We're going to come back to that. Because I really want to get to, I want way more detail on that because I want to hear this whole process. Yeah. Um, because I made me, but oh, I think I told you this last time I saw you last week. I was so excited to see them. And then you were so excited that I was excited. Thank you. And that made me excited because I think you had said, and I felt like I'm doing this podcast. I don't know if anybody cares. Well, I'm finding out people do care. And I think you had so much fun watching me get excited because someone was appreciating and then you let me walk through rows of costumes and look and touch and see the detail of things I didn't wear I saw blue sleeves and I got emotional even though I never wore those costumes but then when I saw the things I wore the little xylophones and the the rose petal thing you let me play with that and it was different (laughs) it was very different than just seeing them to see like the sherbet costumes and see all the detail that the audience never would have seen that yep. stuff did not really need to be there because the audience can see it. But I'm like, these were so beautifully crafted Oh, yeah. and the quality uh, of the fabric, everything to get to see them and go, no, I didn't make that up. This really was this grand. They really were this spectacular. Yeah. And so and that think- was like the highlight of, of that road trip was I love seeing everybody. And I got to do a lot of great things that road trip, but to see the costumes that I wore and to know that they are being cared for with someone who's very passion, obsessive, obsessive yeah. about it. Because it should be, but it's, it's, I want to get to why in a minute, but I think we want to, I want to go backwards of how you started in this business. Real quickly, just is that, that is, it was like you had, when you were here, you just were just a highlight of your interest and your passion and your enthusiasm for seeing this stuff. Cause a lot of people just kind of walk in and go, 
oh man, that's a lot of costumes. Can I rent one for Halloween? You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. Thank you. Ah, no, 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 no. You do not deserve to wear that costume. <laughs> you know? And I kind of go, mm, yeah. And so, you know, again, we just both had moments and tears and all that of someone that appreciates and understands it, you know, is like, oh my gosh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because, you know, I need that energy of somebody understanding it, you know, whereas so many people, yeah, we won't even go with what people, you know, but I'll, I'll give you 150 bucks for that. What? Yeah, right. But also when I do take them to school, you know, presentations and all that, which is a little bit different from museums, I actually have a rack and I tell people you can touch these, but clean your hands first because you don't get to look underneath, you know, to see the, the um, you know, the sewing of it and, and how it's gathered together and stitching and all that. And that's when people, I use the word gobsmack, they can't believe what they're looking at you know, yeah. up close and personal, because you can't do that in a museum, you know, hands off. Yeah. And I'm holding it and showing it and all that. And people just are, even if they don't know how to sew, you know, they're like, what, what? Yeah. You know, it's, that it's done okay, well. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I love that I had Athena with me because she didn't do that show, but she had my camera and she was taking pictures, yeah, which was- now I treasure because my face, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm a teenager. I am like lit up in those costumes. And so I love that she captured those moments. Um, yeah, so that that was a really a, a beautiful part of getting to go down there and see that. And so I wanted to see how you ended up even being in these shows. Like, what was your? Because you told me you started dance late. Because most people start. I was three, and my mom put me in ballet, and I'm so too tall, so I'm a showgirl. Let me back up to when this is office. We're we're going to be talking about a joint project to get these costumes out and seen. Just saying, want to put that? Yes, <laughs> we're going to do something. Karen Burns okay, shirtless. So- so anyway, um, I'll, I'll try to keep it deep breath. Um, my, I was born in California. My family moved to Reno when I was three. Yes, I'm that old. And some people don't think it's, it's not politically correct because my dad liked to deer hunt, you know, but it's all licensed and all that. And my German, Liebe, you know, my German mother, um, she wanted to snow ski. So Reno, deer hunting and snow skiing. So I was raised very, very, very strict by a German mother who, as she always said, I survived Hitler. You'll survive this. Strict, 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 strict. Oh, yeah. And I always breathed because powerful, powerful, powerful woman. But her whole thing was sports and athletics. And so I started skiing at three as soon as we moved to Reno. Oh, wow. Started skiing. Actually broke my leg in three places when I was five. Um, but it was my wow. obsessions and passion with snow skiing because of my mother. Yeah. And um, I was on the um, junior ski patrol, one of the first women ever, which was a big deal, you know, before you know, women's lib, and later became a professional ski instructor, licensed and everything like that when I was 18. And wow. passion nonstop skiing, skiing, skiing. And then um, actually was locals, um, uh, you know, that they were two, and, and Bob Howard and, and um, the Spina brothers, they were skiers and that's when freestyle skiing became so popular you know doing the ballets and aerials and jumps and all that so much so they tried to get it in the olympics well i thought oh my gosh i want to go on the freestyle ski circuit because i love to freestyle dance you know i was good at that but i had no exposure to arts culture movies nothing because i worked full-time since i was 10 German, and only got to watch tv on sunday walt disney yeah yeah, the only time I have popcorn and Coca-Cola and watch TV at Walt Disney. That was it. You can't watch Disney without ours no. is grape, grape but, juice and popcorn, but it's but a I ritual. also learned how to sew and make all my own clothes starting when I was 10. 
and I had to earn the money to do the material and sell my own clothes. And I was teased a lot, as you can imagine, you know, but anyway, digressing on that, but that's where I have such an appreciation of costumes and clothes. Cause yeah, no, I, I was required to, to knit and sew because you, 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 you never had idle hands. I had oh. to knit, sew, crochet, being doing something or reading. But anyway, I'm digressing, of course. Oh, that's interesting. And so, yeah, but when you're raised by a strict German mother that survived World War II, yeah. And I'll, now I'm going off, you know, the heroes that she thanked the Americans every day of her life for saving them. And my uncle and all mm. the, all my family was heroes in World War II. Okay, digress. So I'm going to go on the freestyle ski circuit. You know, I, I knew people and this and that, and it was a big, big deal. And it's like, and I'm moving my hands all over the place here. It's like, well, I need to learn the hands, you know, for ballet skiing and for presentation and all that. So a week after my 20th birthday, because I was going to the University of Nevada at Reno as an English major, German minor. And um, so I walked into Maggie Banks, Margaret Banks, as so many people, you know. Yep, yep. Had no idea who she is. I mean, come on. She assisted Jerome Robbins in West Side Story, worked with every, I mean, could write a book on her. And we yeah. later became bestie, bestie, bestie friends. Yeah, oh. best friends. I'll breathe here because she's phenomenal. Anyway, those people that know Maggie Banks will understand this. I walk into her studio that was off of Mount Rose and I walk in, I go, hi, I want to sign up for ballet classes. And there's Maggie sitting at her desk giving me the, you know, <laughs> one up and down look. And out of her mouth comes, how old are you? I said, I just had my 20th birthday. You're too old to start ballet dancing. And oh. we became bestie, bestie friends. She denied that she said that, but people, didn't know <laughs> that. oh, she absolutely said that. And she, yeah, you're all too, too old to take ballet classes. You're old to be a dancer. I go, oh, no, no, I, I don't want to be a dancer. And I told her, you know, freestyle skiing. And then I want to learn the arms. So that when I ski, I have the proper ballet arms. And she said, oh, okay. Now it gets even better. Um, well, I want to sign up for a series of classes because it's cheaper than one class at a time. She goes, no, just take one class. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much my whole dance career. Just try it, see how it goes. But, yeah, because every show that I was hired in was like last minute. They were desperate. They needed somebody now. I wasn't really as qualified as they needed, but desperate. We need you now. You kind of have the right look. Hi, okay, you got the job. Yeah, oh there was gosh, no confidence, you know, whatever. And again, here I'm 20 years old. Everybody I worked with started dancing at three, four, and five. Yeah. You know, I had, you know, three pages of resume and, you know, and then, okay, I'm trying to make it short, but it's just, you can't make this up. So, okay, take <laughs> ballet classes. I'm doing this and that. And then I'm at Maggie Banks's dance studio. And this lady came up, she was a comedian named Sloopy, and she was performing at Harold's Club actually in a show choreographed by Michael Darren, I get with him. Ooh, and she yeah. came up to me and she goes, oh, a friend of mine is looking for someone to be in one of his shows this summer. And I had just graduated, you know, with English, German, physical education with emphasis in dance. I did change it because I love dance. It was like, oh, fabulous. And then I got my teaching credentials to teach kindergarten through high school. And I'm still a certified teacher in the state of Nevada. Yeah, just wow. my teaching credentials. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm looking for a full-time job be a teacher this fall it's this summer well that might be a fun thing to do for the summer before I take on a regular job well I didn't know that it was for the famous uh, drag queen Jamie James Frisco Follies he was the first one to bring female impersonators he was a big 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 deal he shared a marquee with Frank Sinatra at Harris Tahoe he, oh, wow I could write a book on him 
gorgeous, brilliant, fabulous, and great. He impersonated Cher, Dolly Parton, you know, all that, designed and made his own costumes, did everything. And so I go to the East Coast to be like Lakaja Fall, the real girl in the show. And like Victor Victoria, a woman pretending to be a man, pretending to be a woman. Yeah. I could write a book on that because it was just like, oh, now you've got a cat up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a circus at my house yeah. every day. <laughs> but anyway, so my line, I always say to people, I would be a tenured English professor right now had a drag queen not gotten a hold of me. And it is always a kind of a fun line because people right. go, excuse me. Huh? That's why Julie <laughs> Andrews and I could go on with her. Yeah. Yeah. Woman pretending to be a man, pretending to be a woman. And then I was like, wow changed my life, this and that, and then became a professional dancer. What did, when you started, was it just, this is what I love doing? And then, or did, did you fall in love with it? Or was like, I kind of fell oh, into it like this works. They needed somebody. Yeah, I fell into it. Cause again, mine was skiing, athletics, you know, graduated, was going to teach school. That was my life. And then I did this and I go, well, this is kind of interesting, right? Huh? Well, let me, let me see how, how this goes. But it wasn't like, a, you know, a passion. Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Well, other than when I said I, I added another major with physical education, but emphasis in dance and myself and three other ladies, we were the first one to graduate with the dance distinction at UNR. Now they oh, actually wow. major in it, but we were the first ones ever through, you know, with Kristen Avancino, who tra tragically passed away recently. We were the first ones to have dance distinction. And of course, it was modern dance. That was it, modern dance and dancing for your soul and expressing it. And that that was a passion, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I found out you can't really make a living with modern dance. But anyway. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, going with that, it was. Uh, and then, again, I was going to keep this short, but I'll, I've got it in front of me because I can't remember it myself. And so I do this drag queen show and I go, well, wow, this is crazy. What What is this about? You know, and again, I could write a book on that. And then I get a call, actually Maggie Banks, Michael Darren, um, well-known choreographer. He did Apollo Abdul's Cool Heart of Snake. Yeah. Actually one of Juliet Prowse's dancer uh, in her shows. And of course, Maggie Banks was best friends with Juliet Prowse. She's actually um, her son, Juliet Prowse's son's godmother. That's how close they were. Wow. And she calls and goes, Michael Darren is here. He's you know arriving. He's looking for dancers to go to Mexico. What? Huh? So I go to audition for him and he comes in, has a briefcase, opens it up, takes out his dance shoes. I'll never forget that. Gives me an audition. He goes, well, because he was a big, 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 big time. Yeah. You know, you really mm -hmm. had to know how to dance. And I had been dancing two years and done a drag show. Um, and he looked at me and he said, well, you're not as trained dancer that, you know, I'm looking for, but you got the right look. And I need somebody in Mexico in a week. So I'm hiring you. Yeah, again, my whole career. <laughs> well, so I go off to Mexico to do Viva Las Vegas in Acapulco, Mexico, 1978. And that's where I met my best friend, Kia Crater, and we're still best friends. Oh, I then, tell her to do an interview, but I'm trying to get her. Yeah. And then <laughs> I'll go next to, she's the reason I got into Hello Hollywood. So after I did that, I did Excitement 79 at the Sparks Nugget, which Michael Garen had also choreographed, and which was so crazy for me because I worked at the Nugget at 15, starting as a busser cleaning tables, and then ended up in, as a waitress in the showroom to work my way through college with all the celebrities. And so it was so weird to be back dancing in the cabaret, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. So you had to be good enough. I mean, because you started late, but you must have had a lot of natural ability. 
they're not going to, not just because you're tall and pretty, you have to have, you have to be able to move. <laughs> there had to be something there, but it's really amazing with two years of dancing because some of us started at three and we probably just, you know, didn't appreciate it the same as someone who starts later, maybe understands their body or who they are better. I don't know. I think that that's really fascinating that, well, that you had, you had it enough to get in there. Well, thank you. And, and again, I, I was going to keep this five minutes. I'm already, so again, my thing is, I was the most clueless chorus dancer that probably ever stepped on stage and particularly with Hello Hollywood Low. <clears throat> so blah, 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 blah. You go, and again, kind of real, but Chris is Hello Hollywood Low. So I met Kia Crater, you know, in, in uh, Alcapulco. <clears throat> um, you know, I left the show early because, you know, I was engaged, going to get married, you know, come back to Reno, you know, to come back to Reno and then Kia comes to town and then I try and make this show. Kia, Kia, you know, again, we're still bestie friends. Colin said, um, I was in Hello Hollywood, a little show. I'm going to go back into it. I, I, you can come with me and come watch the show from the live booth, you know, to see the show. You want to come with me and see the show? And I go, Hello Hollywood, low MGM. What? What? Well, okay. You know, <laughs> jeans, tennis shoes, all that. Really no makeup because I didn't wear makeup. I was a, you know, granola girl. And we're sitting in the light booth. It was the first time I saw Hello Hollywood Low from the light booth. I'm still like, thank you for sh- your head. Cause it's like, yeah. how awesome is that to be? That's an amazing view. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking at this going, what is this? What is this show about? Cause I've never seen them. I've never seen a big show, you know, yeah. at all. And I'm going, what? Huh? Da, da, da. So Kia says, oh, let's go down, you know and say hi because she could go backstage. And I'm still just like, where am I? What is going? I had no clue. I mean, clue go down there. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up to me and goes, are you a dancer? And I go, well, kind of, sort of. Well, what what have you done? And I, when you throw the name out, Michael Darren, he's, people are impressed. Yeah. You know? And well, I just did two shows for Michael Darren. Really? Do you want to audition for this show? And again, in between shows, jeans, makeup. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, why don't you audition? It was Adrian LaPeltier. Yay. Yay. It's like, oh. are you kidding me with this? So again, jeans, tennis shoes, no makeup. He gives me a few steps, you know, Friday night in between shows. Calls me Saturday, offers me a job. And I'm the new girl because again, emergency. Someone had to leave the show, kind of a family emergency. I was the new girl and started on Monday. The new girl in the show. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. It was so Man. beyond, beyond, beyond stressful because again, so out of my element. Biggest show in the world, clueless chorus dancer, what? And the new girl, no one wanted to do rehearsals or anything. I was thrown in the show with no rehearsals. Oh my gosh. I killed myself a couple of times because yeah. you know, that's no nothing. It's just like, just go out and do it. You got staircases and elevators, not just choreography, yeah. costumes. I almost flipped down on space, you know, in green space. I was like the front oh. row. I didn't know that you had to clear, you know, your skirt and do this, that. I almost slid off and fell off. You know, top stair almost fell. Yeah. Anyway, now I'm digressing and all. But but again, no, this is all good. You're fine. Yeah. But again, crazy, crazy, crazy. You know that it was like what, what, what? And again, the most clueless course dancer that ever stepped on stage. Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. Who? The only MGM movie I'd ever seen was Wizard of Oz. And I know I was the person that everybody go, where did she come from? And plus, I was the first local, even though I wasn't credited for it. Someone else a couple a year, a couple of years later was credited for being the first local, but I was the first local in the show. I, you know, graduated because so many people went to school while they were at the show or, you know, later after they grad, you know, left. So it was college, you know, 
local college graduate, and I was married. I've been with my husband 48 years. And so how many people were married in the show? And so I, I only communicated really with my row because I actually was going back to school to get my master's. While you're doing the show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, blah, 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 blah. And then I left the show. I was only in it a little less than two years. Did uh, Heat's On, Breaking Loose with Frederick Apcar. Then, you know, did Ronnie Lewis and all that. And so, yeah. Ronnie so you got Lewis. to work with Ronnie. How was, okay. How was that? Because if you just started dancing, those are very different styles. His stuff was like super athletic, super cardio. Bob Fosse, you know, he was up yeah. to win a Tony and lost to Bob Fosse when Barishnikov gave the award out. In fact, I sent that with his memorial, you know, the actual program. And that's who he lost to was Bob Fosse. But I was, is still Bob Fosse and Ron Lewis are still my favorite, favorite choreography. Oh yeah. That's and there's a bit of Fosse that shows up in Ron Lewis. You can see some, there's some Absolutely, moves that look 100%. very Fosse. And that's oh. what I looked at it. I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, you know, incredible. And, uh, and so uh, again, I was emergency vacation swing girl, last minute hired, get up there. So were you taking dance classes once you got into the show? Or you okay. just had enough to get by for the next thing? Well, at one time I thought, well, this is fascinating. If I'm going to do this, I'm a perfectionist. I have to do this right. I'm going to go to Los Angeles and become a star. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to Los Angeles by myself, you know, after I'd done Michael Darren's show. And um, yeah, and uh, it didn't work out well because um, you're the best of the best of the best. And I was had to audition to get in a, sh- a class. And here I'm talking way too much, but Jaime Rogers, he actually yes. was his West, West Side Story. Yes. He knew Maggie Banks and you had to audition for his class because only the best of the best of, you know, LA could audition. Well, of course I saw his stuff and wanted to do it. Audition and I was a disaster, beyond disaster. You know, the best of the best. And as he's going through, blah, 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 telling all this stuff. And he goes by me, where are you from, Reno? And he keeps walking. How long you've been dancing? <laughs> well, three years, but, and again, how the universe takes care of me. And again, I guess that. Um, I apologize, I, Karen. You're doing great. I love all this. Where I didn't know. I Again, clueless, clueless, clueless. Why it came out of my mouth. I said, well, I've only been dancing a couple of years, but I've had some of the best training by Maggie Banks. And he had walked past me and dismissed me. And, mm. you know, he's, he's drinking something and he's smoking. And he stopped. And I still get a chill at this. He stopped. This is my my world. And he said, as in Margaret Banks. And I said, yeah. And I didn't know that she had choreographed West Side Story and that he was in it. I didn't know that. And he turned around and goes, as in Margaret Banks. And I go, yeah. And he goes, you're in. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And I had, when he was up front, I had to be on his right side, 10, you know, five feet behind him. The best of the best of the best. And I was a disaster. I was clueless. Jaime Rogers, invitation, audition only. But that's kind of been my whole life is how right. I just randomly, and I use the word, and then I'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. serendipity, synchronicity. None of this yeah. was planned. Just being kind of what, what, what my whole entire career, I hadn't planned any of this. You were guided. You were brought. Well, and now <laughs> let's go to the MGM costumes. Okay. No, yes. no, no. I want to ask another question <laughs> because I'm so, because those re- rehearsals are such a short, time when it's not rushed. I think I had a week to go into the show. You go in two numbers at a time, but there's just a lot to absorb. But if you hadn't been dancing for a long time, 
I mean, did you want to give up at some point or you just went oh, along constantly. with it? They just I was, threw you in? I was pretty much neurotic and in tears all the time because I would imagine. Yeah, that's again, like a lot. Clueless, and again, I call myself, you know, the most clueless chorus dancer that ever stepped on stage because everybody else, oh, they did the Tonys, they did Candy Wars, they just did Michael Jackson and all. Oh, what did you do? Um, I was I was in a drag show. but that's why your story is so fucking sorry swore amazing (laughs) it is it's just but it's such a good my head going how did this happen and again that whole thing i've been a tenured english professor and sometimes i wish i'd gone the drink but no i was always in tears neurotic feeling bad because it's already show business does that to you but then add that i didn't have the background you know that everybody else was talking about you know i would just kind of sit there going oh my gosh you know, Tonys, Emmys, movies, you know, all that, all the stuff. And me, you know, none of it. But, and again, you, know, to- you, you can't be a bad dancer in those shows though, because you would be, you would stick out so bad because it's all the uniformity. You, you had to have, you had to have something special to not um, stick out there. So that's like, that's also just amazing. Well, thank that you. Even if it was challenging, you, you had to get to that level to not be fired. Well, and no, like we got the emergencies over. Let's get somebody else in here. So I'm yeah, still just amazed. The emergency vacation, desperate. They need somebody now. But then thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. Because actually when I, you know, with even running my own company, which, you know, I've been dancing five years and just start, decided to start my own company. What? You know, and part of it was because of all the kind of the abuse that people were given in show business. Yeah. That's what pushed me out of it. Yeah. Breathe, breathe it on that. But um, in my own company, when I say I'm not that brilliant, talented, whatever, you know, at all, but I said, I've worked with the best of the best. And that's what inspires me. When you work with Michael Barron, you know, Don Arden, Ron Lewis, let's just talk about three of the top of the top. Of yeah. I want to say something you said when we did the, the costume, when I came oh, yeah. to your place, there's a picture of, oh my gosh, who is it? It's the, it's the icons. It's Zigfield and something else and Don Arden. Who's the third? Who's the one? John Mayer. Oh, there's a picture. You have the three icons in a picture frame. It was in the, on the floor. Oh, and Louis B. Mayer, who started. Louis Okay, that's what it was. Because you said Don Arden should be at that level of status and people knowing him. And it's oh, just so sad that there's not an education on how much he contributed. And I love that you said that and you pointed that out because I'm like, people know Miss Bluebells and they know Don Arden is a meanie, but they don't really know how it changed cabaret. It changed. hundred percent because, and again, you know, I lecture and teach on this stuff. I'm working on a whole other program that I can't really talk about now. I just did thing at the library. I mean, this is my obsession that I talk about the history of show business. And what's the main one is OMGM because of the connection with the costumes, but it starts with, Florence Ziegfeld, mm-hmm. Louis B. Mayer, who did three movies on Ziegfeld, and then Don Arden, who was inspired by Ziegfeld so much so that we danced in the Ziegfeld Theater on the Ziegfeld stage. And how big a deal is that? Those are the three main that I show because Ziegfeld's contributed with creating American entertainment. Oh, and changing Broadway. That's why I do my lectures because he was the first one to do a Broadway show, Showboat, that had a book. That had a, you know everything else was imported and showboat of all things. I mean, he could have lost his career because of you know the topics and all that. Yeah. And so, and again, this is when I lecture in schools. Number one is yeah, Ziegfeld created 
you know, modern day American entertainment and change Broadway to have book musicals. That's how big a deal. And then Louis B. Mayer, of course, president of, of MGM, did three movies on Ziegfeld and repeating again, because I still can't believe it, Don Arden. We danced on the Ziegfeld, in the Ziegfeld Theater on the Ziegfeld stage. And then even crazier, you know, the two mirrored elephants at the end? Mm -hmm. That's another tribute to Ziegfeld because that was the lucky charm of Ziegfeld was elephants. You can Google that and check that out. Oh my gosh. Okay, Karen, I'm still, <laughs> I have to, I have to say the F word. I just can't. It's so fucking amazing because also you did not grow up watching this stuff. You came way later in the fact that you're lecturing on this and you understand things more than those of us who grew up dancing and seeing yeah. movies. You're appreciation I think is something that makes this so beautiful is because you didn't just grow up taking it for granted uh, you, yeah. you've done your work you've researched you fell in love with it in such a unique way that it just makes me in awe of well, and then we get to the costumes but even just your dance career well, you know again, you didn't thank you, thank you for saying that because again clueless 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 until I was in my mid-20s you know or when I was, and I actually got it when I was starting my own company it's like I need to research this stuff now because I don't know any of these movies, any of these shows, anything. And then I got obsessed with watching movies and I'd go to Las Vegas and then I have to let with Luann. I'd go to Las Vegas and I'd see, you know, after one or two afternoon shows, early evening shows, midnight shows. Sometimes I'd see three to four to five shows in a day. Those were the days when there was that many options. That many, because I was trying to educate myself, yeah. you know? And then again, watching everything with MGM and documentaments, all that that was like nonstop because I had no idea. And I thought if I'm going to, you know, stay in this business and produce, I need to watch stuff. And I, then I went for that session is just learning, watching everything and seeing every show. Yeah. A crazy, crazy obsession. And then Okay. Then I'm almost done here. Um, with all these people there, I didn't know who Don Arden was. Oh, then mm -hmm. back it up, you know, he is um, attributed to, I don't know, still as, as one of the 100 most influential people in Las Vegas. You can Google that. And the yeah. lights of Las Vegas were dimmed when he passed away. Very, oh, very I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Throwing that out there again. Yeah. Now, if he still considered that at the time he was considered one of the 100 most influential people of Las Vegas. Um, I didn't know the man, didn't you know, rehearse with him, do all that. And now I'll tell one last story, not last. So, You're good. <laughs> I'm in Hell Hollywood Low. I've given my notice. I'm leaving because, and I, you know, I'm moving on. I've been in there, you know, in between contracts, like two and a half contract. But it, so I'm leaving the show. And so Don Arden, and I don't know if Bluebell was, but Don Arden is showing. And of course, everybody's stress, 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 stress. The makeup, yeah. and everybody's freaking out. And I'm going, why is everybody just freaking out? Who's Don Arden? You know? <laughs> it's good that you didn't know to be afraid. No, I, I didn't know to be afraid, didn't know who he is. And I've given notice I'm leaving the show. So, okay, fine. <sighs> Again, you can't make this up. You know, in-house cattle calls, makeup, you know, we're all standing there lining up. And this is how clueless standing next to him was like, oh, uh, which one's Don Arden? <laughs> <laughs> they pointed, he's sitting there, you know, drinking and smoking. Oh, that's Don. Oh, that's Don. Oh, okay. Again, I'm standing in line. Wait, which one's Don Arden? You know, and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and it gets even better. We're lined up. Don Arden comes up, blah, blah, blah. goes, who's leaving my show? Oh. Well, first I step forward and there's a gasp. 
everybody, oh. And I'm looking around, the only one stepped forward in front of the entire cast, you know, 130 people going, in my mind, why am I the only one stepping forward? I know I'm not the only one leaving the show. That's what's in my mind. Yeah, and, contract is done. Yeah, and again, gasp, and people kind of go, <gasps> and again, that's why I'm clueless, clueless. I'm standing there going, well, this is weird, right? Thank goodness again, divine direction, serendipity, synchronicity, Don Arden. Only conversation I ever had goes, why are you leaving my show? Thank goodness I didn't tell him, oh, well, I've been dancing for um, four years and I'm going to start my own production company, Karen Burns Productions. <laughs> I'm going to compete with you, Don Arden. Right? Thank goodness. Uh, again, divine direction. I said, um, I'm actually going back to school to get my master's. Good one. Right? And Don Arden, can you believe he said this to me? He goes, you're a very pretty girl. We're sorry to lose you. The only, oh. only thing Don Arden. That's the only compliment I think. I still get a chill, right? You're up above the very few. And I stepped back and everybody kind of went, huh. Okay, well then going on, you know, blah, blah, blah. People were like, oh my gosh. And then I asked people, I said, why did, was I the only one to step forward? Why did everybody kind of go, oh, and they go, oh, you have no idea what had happened. And again, I don't know this for a fact, that Don Arden, when you're in this show, you're at the top of the top, the top. You can't go any, you know. Yeah. And that sometimes he would almost blacklist people. And I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this, this is what other people told me. I do not know this as a fact, but that's where people are going, oh man, you know, if you're going to another show and you're leaving him, he's not happy because this is the, the height of the, the top of the top. And they said, you're lucky that you said that you were going back to school. So, and I'm almost done here. Now the way changes, that changes. Can you imagine if I was step forward and go, um, hi, yes, my name's Karen Burns. I've been dancing for you know a few years and I'm gonna start my own production company, Karen Burns Productions. And one of these days I'm gonna own all of these costumes. <laughs> what do you think of me now? Oh my gosh, I, that's a movie right? scene right there. That's a great right? scene in a movie. I'm gonna own this and these, oh my gosh. All this stuff, I'm gonna own all this. Yeah. Well, let's get to that because so you, you left it. In. I gave you no, the it's lead so, in. It's perfect. I can't, you, you put a nice little bucket out there for me because did you appreciate the costumes and all that when you were there? Cause it, or they were just well, like, it's kind of a matter of fact, like we get to wear these amazing things, but it wasn't the thing you well, have now, the appreciation of how they were made and constructed and who made them. Well, let's, let's go back to, I absolutely totally did. Cause the only thing I did as a child that would show me do the, you know, that I show business. I love, love, love to play dress up. That was the only thing that I, you know, I love to play dress up. Plus I started sewing at 10, making my own clothes because of my German mother. And again, was teased a lot. Yeah. You can imagine. And yeah. she only bought me a pair of white shoes and a pair of black shoes once a year, you know? Yeah. So I had such an appreciation because I knew how to, I had to sew, I had to crochet. I knew all that you know? And so I had such an appreciation of these costumes that even at that time going, oh my gosh, I'm sure glad I don't have to make this. And I bonded with, you know, the crew so yeah. much an appreciation of them maintaining them and sewing them and repairing them. And I'm having a moment. They, they all with so many times saying, thank you for your appreciation because, you know, and now I'm going because I wasn't real popular, but we won't go there. I got in arguments with some of the dancers when they treated the the wardrobe people like shit. I said, right. you're 
treating this person this way when they're helping you to get on stage? Are you effing kidding me? Oh, no, I didn't make friends. And of course, the wardrobe staff would come and hug me because oh, I, yeah. I had such an appreciation of their skills and what they were doing to maintain these. No, that goes way, 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 way back as a chorus yeah. dancer, you know, and again, that whole thing. Don't you ever yell or get rude to it? No, uh-uh. They were always, there's always stuff falling off. There's gems falling off, things being ripped. Oh. They were never not busy too. No, hundred percent. And that's why I'm, I'm bestie with all them, but Ian, I'm going out there, but no, I had a total complete appreciation. And again, yeah, that's the only thing as a child playing dress up and appreciation for costumes and all that hundred mm. percent. But that's why, again, going into the passion of saving these costumes, because I understand a thousand percent. And yeah, but it, where and, were you benefit going, they'll never create because no one has really has the skills to create this stuff anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The workmanship there's, it wasn't passed down. Like it used to be like Except when for I was Loretta Paris, Ride and Donna Howe and all that, who, you know, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the thing in like the plumiciers and the people that, oh. that they're, that that's gone. There's nobody to, that's passed it down for years that knows the There's art of people. Feather. Yeah. I went to Paris. I got to go to uh, Plumes de Paris. So I, my question now is when you, when you found out that the MGM Hello Hollywood was closing, where were you or what did you have any, because I want to know what would make you take this huge thing on. Like, were you still kind of in, engaged with the show or the people in the show or when you moved on to do other things did you stay connected to hello hollywood and then finding out that it's closing like how that affected everybody no, actually in a good way that way i just had moved on yeah you know, because then i i was dancing you know with frederick abcar i was running my own company i was you know driving to tahoe you know i was sleeping four hours a day and all that <laughs> Thank sorry <you. laughs> no i love it that's what that's the hint of oh be quiet move on you know um no that was to the dog not to you okay <laughs> that was to the dog that laugh wasn't for me okay i'm so used no. to karen quit barking <laughs> but again i was making and designing and buying my own costumes for my own company i i was selling them i was making them you know yeah, yeah. and so i was you know busy on that you know because i i had my company from when did I start my company? I always have to laugh, you know, look, look at this is I, I started my company in 1981. And that's when I left Hello Hollywood oh. Hello, 1981. Yeah, so I, I've been in business, you know, 40, 42 plus years. And so again, just the learning curve, because clueless, 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 but I did know how to sew and make costumes, you know, I was doing that and then Corey, blah, 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 blah. So I really had no connection with Hello Hollywood Hello or all that because I, you know, had moved on. And then, um, you know, thank goodness, knock on wood for whatever reason, you know, I was doing pretty well in business and um, doing shows and events. My main client was the RSCBA, Reno Sparse Convention Visitors Authority. It was oh, my yeah, first. Okay. Yeah, I went to uh, over 90 cities and three company, countries promoting Reno Review, promoting Reno. And who were my first business partners were Adrian LaPeltier and Victor Culver. Yeah, Whoa. that's why I sent that picture to him because the costumes yeah. that we up, Adrian and Victor and um, Jim Griffel sewed some of them. So that was the connection was with them, right? And at the time, because of contract, none of the MGM dancers could work with me because it was out of contract. And later on that changed. And again, I could, you know, named, you know, 40 names here of people in Hello Hollywood Hello that worked with me, some on the road and some on special events. And I kind of did the business theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been hearing the about that. Where, you know, yeah. yeah, 
business theater and stuff, which I own some of those costumes business theater. And it was just like so crazy again. How, how am I in this position? What, what, you know? Who, and I still am throwing my hands up in the air. What? Because, yeah, all these incredible, incredible dancers worked with me. Again, I could give you a list of them, you know, and on the road. And, and actually, actually still when I was on the road, I was still dancing in the shows. And then I had to stop doing that because it's like, oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't be dancing the show, producing choreographs. So I kept and, and of course, then when when we had our, our daughter, it was like, OK, now I'm really, you know, you know. Okay, but then back, not backing up, but it's like, okay, so I'm doing shows and events, special events at the Hilton at the time, because it was MGM Ballet's Hilton, and I'm there, and all the costumes are in boxes, you know, stored in boxes and all that, and supposedly they spent over $10,000 just on boxes and wrapping. That's how- Really? And again, I don't, I can't factualize any of this, you know, because it's all rumor, hearsay. Right, right. But it's like boxes everywhere and all the dressing rooms, you couldn't walk in and the band room that boxes up to the ceiling. Right. And here I'm backstage doing shows. And I sometimes was the only one backstage. And it was a little concerning to me because I wanted to buy these costumes. I was the only one backstage and I could open a box. But and I want to always put this out to people. I paid for everything. I do not have one set of earrings, nothing that I did not pay. Because a lot of people think I was just gifted. No, because that to me is karma. Yeah. 1000%, you know, legal, good karma, all that kind of stuff. I did not take one of those costumes. And I actually had a concern and I won't say who, I, I told security one time, I said, I have a concern here that I'm the only one back here. I would like to buy some of these and I'm back here by myself. And it was an interesting, you know, thing with security. And now I'm going off on a whole thing because it's like, no. Okay. So all these costumes are there. It's like, I would love to buy some of these. They're, you know, here. Well, who's looking at Universal Studios, a German entertainment company, and a few other big, 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 big names. And hi, I'm Karen Burns Productions. Can I buy some of these? And the entertainment director would always kind of laugh, pick up the phone, said, security, get this crazy woman out of my office. Did you want to buy them for your production company? You just have a few for of a course, smaller. Because, okay. Yeah. You know, can I have five of these and 10 of these and five, you know, yeah. I don't need 1,392 costumes. Right. <laughs> Only the MGM can <laughs> put that many on stage. Yeah. Where I say 1,392 costumes and each costume had anywhere between three, four, five, eight pieces to it. Yeah. Right. Oh. You know, I just want this and that. And again, I'll never forget. I got this. And again, the universe. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to buy these. How do I do this? And again, not one pair of ear, nothing, you know, mm-hmm. no. Entertainment director after years and all that, I go, um, I really, really want to buy some of these, you know? Well, yeah, the Hilton kind of needs some of the room here. Give me a list of you know what you want and what you're offering to pay. And this is not confidential because I'm putting it out there, the universe. Yeah. I won't say it, the people involved, of course. What, 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 what? So I type up a list, you know, and I have next to me the MGM Hello Hollywood program that, of course, because I talk about every day, I went through, you know, each one of them, you know, oh, can I have five of these, six of these, you know, eight of these, you know, yeah, the whole thing. 
And I actually didn't even ask for any of the showgirl costumes because I really didn't have a connection with it since I wasn't a showgirl. And I didn't ask for any of the the big parade because I didn't know any of the MGM movies. <laughs> 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 Again, clueless, clueless. Now, I now love this so two much. Two number top ones is showgirls and the musicals, right? So I give this person this list and I'm standing on stage. This is a little confidential, everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm standing on stage and the the stage was open, you know, to where the drop is like, yeah. And I'm standing there and blah, 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 here's the list that is and uh, basically was said quadruple this by a thousand and maybe you can buy them all. And I almost literally fell into the hole, into the hole. Oh my gosh. Cause they, there was nobody else wanting these, right? They were just sitting there well, all this again, time. Universal studios, German company and all that kind of stuff. But again, they did want I them have, all. I have my, um, by my desk. I'm at the right place at the right time doing the right thing because my whole life has been opposite of that. But I have this here because in what universe, and I'm throwing my hands up, a chorus dancer, no name, Karen Burns, no experience, no background, no funding to be told that. What? I still am gobsmacked. Yeah. What? I wanted like 30 of the costumes and now you're telling me. So that was July 1st. I found financing. I found a warehouse and I hired two trucks and four guys to help me. And I moved it out July 3rd in 48 hours. Oh my gosh. And had a signed contract because I was afraid they were going to change their mind. That someone yeah, would yeah. have an understanding of, are you kidding? Just me? Giving this no name person, this what? And thank you Hilton for whatever the universe is out there that are you kidding me 40 yeah july 1st july 3rd two trucks and boxes and boxes and boxes thrown in the only thing i was told that the um um staircase showgirl costumes no i did not take one rhinestone one bra no nothing and i had four people backstage helping me go through all this stuff right and that went close and there was a list of other things i won't go into that were to be sent to you know to jubilee and um not sure what happened to them but there was i was instructed pink staircase and miscellaneous other things and i had a list of it these are going to las vegas and that was a separate thing and again we're going because they didn't make it there and they never i I don't know because that's not my i was just right every earring every underwire every of the pink staircase. Of course, now oh, I, wish I would have kept a few of them. I know. <laughs> I wish I had those. Like, but I had the finale special. ones, which was yours, right? And yeah. they, they were sent down. And again, you know, and a lot of, you know, boxes just, you know, going through, except because they were all labeled, you know, phenomenally labeled. But anything that was pink staircase, showgirl, and then again, list of some other ones I won't go into, not go into, but these other ones were ones that, I was not supposed to have, and they were in boxes and they were a bit, you know, and here they are. And these were the boxes that were labeled. And then I had these two trucks, you know, down in the basement, pull up, just throw anything there. And interesting and interesting, there were a lot, a lot of empty boxes and a lot of theft have taken place. Oh. Of course. Yeah, yeah. People have access to it. And that was my concern when I told security, I said, a lot of these boxes are open and I can tell they're empty. And I want to make sure that people know that I'm not the one that took this stuff. Right. Not one that was smart. Karma. No, 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 no. And security 
they, they understood. They go, yeah, we, we know who you are and we trust you of all people. Yeah, I mean, how wonderful we said that by security. Because I said, no. And again, a lot of empty boxes and there are a lot of pieces missing. Interesting. Yeah. And where it is. And who's going to show up with that? Like, hey, I'm wearing... I have a question. Once you got home, did you go, holy shit, what did I just do? Like oh, to yeah, unpack my, it and go, what did I just take on? Oh no, my, my husband was not happy. Yeah, Here I was taken a, out a loan. Yeah. Paying for a warehouse, had to pay people to do that. And God bless you, engineer husband. He's like, what did you just do? I can see being caught up and wanting it. And like, what am I going to do now? Because if you have a small show, you're not going to yeah. get all those on there. When did it occur to you? People. <laughs> yeah, they can wear 12 costumes at a time on a pop up stage in Canada somewhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. When did you get the idea to use this for like preservation and education? Because I love what I've seen. If, I mean, I know you, I've not probably don't even know a tiny sliver of what you've done with these costumes. I'll see there'll be a convention and they're wearing Knob Hill or I'll see Heat Wave show up. But how, how did you figure out what to do with them once you are owning these and they're in a warehouse instead of just sitting there? in boxes forever, how to get these seen and educate people and why this matters that you did all this? Well, good, good question, because I'm still trying to figure this out. (laughs) Because this year, I've owned the costumes 29 years. And again, 45th anniversary, I'm doing another. And and, and I say that because I understand museums, you know, freebie pop-up exhibit at the museum. Because when I did one like 10 years ago, they still say it was one of the most popular exhibits ever. And of course, working with Pete Menifee, and they've been on loan, you know, in Las Vegas, and I was on the panel, Pete Menifee, blah, 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 blah. But it's just kind of the cycle of things, I guess, because, you know, first, you know, how, what, what, who, me, starting a production company, what was I thinking? Again, you know, clueless. And then doing that, and then making costumes, and having, you know, some minor success of doing stuff, and well, this is kind of interesting, you know. <laughs> My main clients was were Harris Lake Tahoe and El Dorado. Harris Lake Tahoe kept me in business for 20 plus years, did major, major, major events, and uh, did Bullion Vineyards 100 Year Celebration with Jay Leno, you know, did some pretty big, big things and using these costumes. And people just were like, what? Because I remember, like, you know, the rhinestone dress was from night and day. Yes, you, you brought one of those out for me. Yeah. And I go, and the fans, I can't believe and, we wore and, that. And we would have people that, and I'm not putting it down, like, you know, have no interest in arts and book, you know, could care less. Those dresses would run on stage and you could just see people go, oh, you yeah. know, all, because what? You're, you're <laughs> solid crystal. Your dress is yeah. solid. The, the light would hit those. And again, people are eating and drinking and they don't care. They don't care, you know. And those dresses particularly would run on stage and there would be silence and people's mouths would just go, Wow. And there's only like 10 of them. Yeah. That's when I had a moment of costumes and clothes tell stories and histories and all that. And the attention it draws. And this doesn't exist anymore. And as each show closed and closed and closed, because I was involved with Jubilee, the closing of it, a whole other story. And the choreographer Mm -hmm. assistant called me again, a whole other story. I won't go there. You know, went down there for Jubilee because they wanted to include Hello Hollywood Low and da 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 da. And I was there for the you know repurposing of it and the closing of it. You know, yeah. you know, connect with Bob Mackey, Pete Man, blah 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 blah. But you know that whole history, again, never a short answer of realizing that this history and this stories they're going away. You know, and then yeah. the the lead you know closing. Yeah. You know, how many years? I'm still. Thank you for the face, and you were there. 
this history. Mm. And it's like, I got to try to preserve this. But, and so I'm putting this out in the universe now because I need help. I don't know what to do, you know, because yeah. I have this stuff. And again, people have offered me, oh, Halloween costume, $100, $150, $200 for a costume, or can they rent it? Thank you for the face. One of those, those, those uh, night and day, weren't they like $10,000 a dress? Well, you know, they might. Or that's be, counting, that's the, counting the fans or something. I heard 10000 Interesting enough, I never talk about, you know, the quality or the cost of them because I do have some of the original costs. Oh, which I found at a toppled um, metal cabinet in the boys' bathroom a few years after I bought the costumes, what's all this stuff on the floor? Of course, I'm looking and some of the original costs and it was going in the garbage. Oh my Thank God. The face. Wow, there's just like no care <laughs> at the end of this. So, so random, right? Again, yeah. Um, yeah, and I have, you know, six books and all that, but some of the original costs. And again, you couldn't even duplicate that now because again, right. the rhinestones, they don't even make that quality. So I really don't know, you know, what the value is. But again, if I have to do a Debbie Reynolds, which, you know, my icon worked with her, tried to help her save the costumes, you know, if Debbie Reynolds, Debbie Reynolds couldn't save the original MGM costumes. Why should I save these? But it's like that whole thing of, or how can I, not why? It's like, who knows the value? Because again, normal people, quote unquote, and I go, unless you, and again, repeating for the third time, that's what people have offered me a couple hundred dollars. And it's like, that doesn't even pay for the one line of Swarovski crystals across the neck. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what I was saying is like the whole thing, the history, because I would have been a history major. I've always been intrigued. I love, love, love history. That's all I watch on TV, the history channel, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. all the history. And it's like saving this history because costumes and clothes tell stories. Yeah. And history of arts, culture and entertainment. So that's where my passion goes to. And when I lecture from everything from, in fact, the first program I'd ever did was Young Audience Dancing Shoes, you know, with my teaching and all that for, and some of the MGM people were in that, you know, kindergarten through high school. And these kids were like, what? Ballet, tap, jazz, you know? And, and I get all excited here because it is an obsession passion. But when I go in and lecture, you know, have my rack of costumes and I say, Hi, I'm old, but I'm not that old. But I remember when Reno was one of the entertainment capitals of the world. <laughs> That's what I, and these kids look up from their phones and computer and go, and you're seen on drugs, old lady. Mm. And then I end up talking, you know, Charlie Chaplin, Marilyn Monroe, you know, on and, you know, and I just wrote a thing about that. Thousands of the biggest stars in the world ever were here. And people don't know this. And I have to, you know, kind of let it go because it's just, and when, when Hollywood came to Reno, hello, Hollywood, hello. Biggest show in the world, biggest stage in the world, biggest little city in the world. It was a big deal. Big so deal. Big, hello, Hollywood, hello. So trying to save this, but not only that, is trying to find people with interest. Well, I talked to Loretta. I went and had oh, wine yeah. at her house. And she talked about doing one of your presentations. And she said that you were amazing at what you do. And she said, you uh, talked about the Hollywood history that leads into that, because if you just start with something that people have no reference, but she said there was a lot of older people that came that remembered seeing the show. So are the young people seem interested or who, who seems to care? Like the people who remember what Reno was like, because I've heard people that live there. Like when your friends came in town, you take them to see hello, Hollywood. Hello. That's what you do. Oh yeah. That was the number one show that you 
yeah, that was that was instead of going to see the Louvre or whatever in Paris, in Reno, you go see Hello Hollywood, Hello, and they remember that time. They remember that time of glamour, but. I don't know if the young people care because I have young dancers that are now interested by because of the podcast and going, wait, we, we don't get to do this because now there's not this option for dancers to go to these shows and get paid to travel. It's, but I want them to know about it, even though I can say, sorry, you don't get to do it. I did, but you don't get and, to. And here I'm taking my tiara off. It was starting to dig into my, you know, it's like, oh, Neymar was like, um, well, and again, that's another whole hour of conversation, because, again, you know, I'm a certified teacher, kindergarten through high school, you know, I lecture at the university, TMCC, on and on and on, which I'm is like my passion. I love, love doing it. But again, that's what I start out saying to to kids to get their attention You make them laugh because it's like, you know what? You know, they put, it's like how important, you know, Reno was so important before Vegas because, you know, gambling and the divorce. And again, I go the whole history thing that. And big stars, I have articles on it, went to Las Vegas when your career was over. Because Reno was a bigger deal than Las Vegas. Really? Yeah, I've got an article, yeah. And I and did again, hear that it was a divorce. People knew Reno for getting a quick divorce. I just learned so that. It was fact. the divorce capital of the world. And when you had all these divorcees coming here, you had to entertain them. You know, that's <laughs> why dude branches and casinos and all that, because you had to entertain them. Really? You know? it, was the entertain- it was the divorce capital of the world. And there were so many movies that have been done here too. Yeah, because again- History, 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 blah, 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 blah. And people don't know that. It's like incredible, the history of Reno. And I always call it Northern Nevada. You know, in fact, I just wrote something last night. You know, the entertainment history of Northern Nevada between Virginia City, Piper's Opera House. Oh, Mark Twain. Yeah. (laughs) And then Spark, you know, um, Virginia City, Lake Tahoe, Sparks, and Reno. The combined combination of that thousands and thousands, you know, of the top entertainment names in the world, you know, again, from Charlie Chaplin, Marilyn Monroe, but all that stuff. And these kids just sit there and, and I'm not bragging on myself because again, I didn't make this history. I didn't make these costumes. I'm just teaching it to where these kids come up and go, I had no idea. I was raised in Reno. Why do I know that Marilyn Monroe did her last movie here with Clark? I never heard of that. Or that Levi jeans were created here, you know, struck. You know, all this stuff, they literally are, and I like the word gobsmacked, they're like in awe. And again, yeah. it's not, my, I'm just putting that history out yeah, there. Yeah, but then they, they actually go, are Why interested. does no one know this? And then they get to touch the costumes and put them on and put a hat on and, you know, and put, you know, yeah. And again, the comb- and again, that's my obsession and passion is lecturing and teaching now because of the reaction I get from people, whether they're, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, or 98 years old, yeah. you know, and, and then the ones, the older ones, oh yeah, Ponderosa Ranch was up there, you know, I met, you know, the Ponderosa, you know, on and on and on and on, and they just like, what? Yeah, the Ponderosa Ranch, you know, used to be here where they did filming up in Lake Tahoe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Karen, I don't, uh, it's very hard to we, end this. We gotta be done. <laughs> no, 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 but I, but I have so many, I, cause you've pretty much answered what I was gonna ask because I could see of doing this many years, you hit COVID. I mean, oh yeah. Why you why you didn't just give up? There must be something that is so important to you to not give up because do you get oh, a glimmer of hope that, that it's I gonna matter? <laughs> well, no, because I think that we are understanding now because of social media what you've done and how important it is, but also what you've had to sacrifice to do this. And also when it feels like does anyone care anymore? Like what keeps you going and why is this important that you can just not you know, put it up on eBay, you know? 
No, well, thank you for saying that because I, and I am putting out in the universe and I've talked to, I have so many people on one hand that so support me, you know, Pete Menifee, you know, the Erdlies that, that, pre, that, that would not have happened at the anniversary without the, that Erdlies. was amazing. That was so that, amazing that was to like hear all that. Hours, you know, and it was like, you know, the Erdlies and, you know, worked with you know, Catherine when she was at TMCC and, and of course, Kia Crater. And, and again, there, I wish I had the list here and I, I'm sorry, I apologize to all the people I'm not saying, cause I'm like, you know, got to drink my vodka or my wine here now. There, and Lorette, you know what I'm saying? I could name yeah. off so many incredible, incredible supportive people here in Reno, right? That, oh my gosh. So I want to put that out just supporting, but it's, it's so many people's history. You know, and again, I always put that out there, believe it or not, it's not my ego and it's not about me or Karen Burns Productions, not at all. It's about this history that people, I wish that they want to know. And when I put it out there, people are like, oh, oh. but again, it's so big because I cover so much, you know, again, history, 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 you know, Sammy Davis, Frank Sinatra, on and on and on, you know, because I start with that and people are like, what? what what and then i usually you know end it with hello hollywood hello you know my part and then the costumes telling stories but it's like the biggest names in entertainment ever and what to do about it and like when they closed harris reno i thought okay this is a sign that because i worked with bill harris knew bill harris did his birthdays had you know billboards advertising harris with costumes that i create yeah i just heard that when i was in reno that harris closed i'm like that feels like the last nail in the coffin. Thank you. Yeah, because just like, no, that's Harris is going to be there forever. And it's like, it no, closed. this is. Yeah, he was, the, he was the one that started it all. You know, first st- trade in the stock market. I knew him, worked with him, did marketing, promotion, you know, long, long history thing. But anyway, go to the negative here because of COVID. You know, everything was shut down COVID and um, Harris never reopened. And some people like could barely get their private stuff there. And, and I know so many people that, I got a call, Karen, you want anything from Harris? Make sure it goes the album. And, you know, and there's private personal stuff that I'll share later on that my connection with Harris stuff that I have. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Um, I get so distracted because you can see I'm putting it out in the universe because I need direction. Yeah. I need, I need help, which I've never put out there before. What am I supposed to do with this stuff? Why do I have this? Why did I say like the nugget sign, the, the Harris postcard, you know what I'm saying? And it's bigger yeah. than this. It's like, why do people call me and why do I have this stuff? And why am I put there? Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm not rich and famous. I'm not a curator. I don't have a name. No, but why in the universe is this stuff here? And I'm reaching out now to say, what am I supposed to do with it other than auction and sell it? Right. And this is the first time I've ever expressed that. And I'm expressing it publicly. Yeah. Because I've never, ever, ever said that. And, I, and there's part of it that I can't believe that I've just said that. But again, it's, it's that time. What am I supposed to do with this? I think I that we're finding it. each other. We're understanding, like you said, with Alito closing, the importance of preservation, or maybe before we took for granted. So like I knew somebody was going to write a musical about Miss Blue, but like these people have these ideas and we have all these creative minds that are spread out all over the world from the shows that we did that, it, you know, what if, you know, what if there is some collaboration or there's a, enough interest to go? I'm so glad Karen didn't get rid of those because now, <laughs> well, you know, but it's hard for, it's hard to ask you to hold all this for all well, of us. And it's, what's hard is like, maybe there is something by just people understanding your passion and why this matters. Because like we said, the Vegas ones, an auditor 
goes out and watches and burn it. And so they don't have to pay on the taxes and ours are still preserved. And I have to say my favorite picture, it's my finale costume that you let me put on and you had to help hoist me into it because that thing was so <laughs> stinking heavy. I went, Oh man, I wore this with all my high heels. Like, I did, my whole body heels. Went, <laughs> but then to look at the detail of Pete Men, and then to oh. now, I didn't know who Pete Men if he was. I knew he did it. So to get to have him on more than anybody oh. else on my show, oh, to have that talk that you guys did together, and then to put that on 40 something years later and go, I had no idea how ex- oh. I mean, I knew they were beautiful, but I did not understand oh, no. how ex- what a privilege it was to wear that. And then it's still there and I got to put it on. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart oh. for that, to get to experience that, like not just to see a picture of it, but to actually up close, see, see that. That's, that's what you just said. You know, like when I take the costumes and stuff, it's not a picture. It's not a movie. It's not a museum other than clean your hands. You know, right. <laughs> I did wash my hands. And feel it because it's actually touching history. You know, that yeah. whole thing. And that costumes and clothes tell history and stories. And now again, the whole thing, um, who is the famous, famous designer that going off here? Because museums, and this is what Debbie Reynolds, now I'm growing because I worked with Debbie Reynolds, tried to help her say, but you know, God bless you, Debbie Reynolds. Um, uh, it's like, she tried, I went twice to Las Vegas when she had her museum and her you know, mm-hmm. casino there, lost funding and all that. She was building a museum in Dollywood and lost funding for it. You know, that, that, yeah. And, um, you know, now I'm having a moment that, because I was able to wear original Edith Head costume, Shirley MacLaine with Edith yeah. Head. You know, I was Shirley MacLaine, a whole other thing for a fundraiser here. And I asked Miss Reynolds when I was working with her at the time and actually trying to assist her, I said, have you ever thought about, and again, sharing way too much, but this is Debbie Reynolds. Miss Reynolds, again, I did a show with her. I just posted on Facebook and all that. She's fabulous, wonderful, great. I said, did you ever think about doing like a fundraiser like Edith Head did with her da, 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 with costumes? Miss Reynolds, no. Costumes and clothes are the most personal thing you have. It actually touches your skin. The last skin to touch this costume is the last skin that's going to be in it. Out of Debbie Reynolds' mouth. Thank you for the face. Oh, wow. And she could not <sighs> save it with the Academy Award. No, it's a whole thing. That's, and when she auctioned the costumes, that was the, the hardest day of her life. She said, and she's a lot. Yeah. But anyway, I digress on that because it's only been the last 10 or 15 years with the Metro Museum of Art that they have, you know, the costume thing. Costumes, no, they were not important at all. People were not interested. And that's through Debbie Reynolds. And now it has changed. And the Metropolitan Museum of Art, again, I know, not that I know too much, but this is obsession, passion. And I'll have to look at the famous designer. Somebody's probably listening that actually did it. And it was the biggest cost, the biz, biz, biggest exhibit that ever happened. And it was costumes. And I wish I had in front of me because now I'm all, you know, here. And it's like, what, 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 finally. And it was well over a decade ago. And of course, I think Reynolds, it's, now yeah. they would, they would have it. And I went to the Academy Awards, you know, well, museum in LA 48 hours before they closed it for, you know, a couple of years. I walked in, first costume is Charlie Chaplin with connection here and off to leave with Marlena Dietrich. I started crying, you know, and then to see from yeah. Star Wars. And, yeah. Anyway, see, this is the craziness, that, that, but it's like. But it matters that you, it matters that it's not sitting in someone's possession that doesn't care. Well, thank you for saying that. But at the same time, who cares? I'm wondering because we we miss things and then we get romantic about it. Like, oh, I wish we still had that. Well, that's I when they you know, things- blow up the mapes, you know, and, cl- you know, 
uh, Harris is gone and you know the whole thing and that's why I love European because I am European but you know blah blah the history they preserved the building <laughs> yeah we they preserved well, that history is, we, how many buildings do we watch implode on the Vegas uh-huh. strip there we go and we just build something bigger like but I love the stardust sign I love the dunes I was so sad when you watch an old movie and you see those iconic marquees that are replaced well even to go to Vegas this is my last rant is instead of seeing marquees for the show you see erectile dysfunction help and and lawyers for accidents like i, I can't believe no, you just used that word <laughs> well that's like when athena and i went like where are the pick the, the big marquees of the shows we know there's you well, know there's in still the, in the neo museum thank goodness they have the neo museum that's trying see to see someone someone and, is and saving these I, things there's a local man i'm putting the name phil durham that he's been trying to save the neon you know locally and this and that and the whole story of what he's put up with you know that whole thing of breathe 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 karen and it it all comes down I use the German word, get it to get the Welt, my mother. Money rules the world. I heard that my entire life. Get to get the Welt. Money rules the world. Who's got the money to preserve it, to build a museum, to curate it, and all that? It's not me. You know? Okay. So we just put it in the universe. So, universe, if you're listening, <laughs> universe, you've taken care of Karen this, you've taken care of her so far. There is something you know, that maybe that next step is going to be a little bit of waiting, but it's, I don't know. You've done such Thank beautiful you. things with this and the universe has got you on stage doing the biggest <laughs> show in the world. I don't think it's too much to ask for a way to preserve these with some integrity and some respect and for people to get to be delighted that they still exist. I, I love what you're saying. Cause I usually with people would say things like brilliant like that. Wish I was recording that because I recorded it. It's going to be on a podcast. Well, there you go. My (laughs) whole life is synchronicity, serendipity. And that's a whole thing too. It's physicists and stuff tying into that. And you can't see this here, but take a picture of it because synchronicity, a wink from the universe. And you ready for this? Everything in the universe has a rhythm. Everything dances. Moya Angelou. And when people come, because you see where I live, I mean, this is incredible, incredible. But I say the thing, because again, I've been with my husband 48 years. God bless the man. Engineer. Rhinestones and feathers did not build any of this. He did. Because I would be working as a cocktail waitress still, you know, at a casino and living in a condominium downtown. I bless the man. Because yeah. feathers and rhinestones did not build this or the or do all this. Thank you, Ted Brown. Love you. 48 years. Mm. Again, feathers and rhinestones didn't build this. All right, that's where we end. We end with gratitude and they're putting in the universe that it's got you this far with a lot of beauty and a lot of beautiful things. So Karen, thank you. I'm so glad I actually got to see you and hug you in person. Like less than four four days ago. I'm just starting. No, no, no. (laughs) We're going to do, we'll have to, I've had Pete on like seven times because there's so much. We'll do the same thing. We'll do Karen Burns part two. That man, the stories, the stories, the stories. And the sense of humor, we laugh and laugh. And of course, we look like brother and sister and we have, yeah, let's go start on that. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to end it here, but we're going to come back and do part two, three, and four (laughs) at some other point. Did you take a picture? I'm going to buy the book. So I'm going to also tell this one, the that the universe. I haven't recorded though. Oh, but anyway, this, this is, this is in my office, right? And again, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude.